0: ksl's live Mike, live Mike with lee Lonsberry. hey welcome back to live Mike. episode number 310 of 312 that's right we're hanging it up on friday a bittersweet uh move on my end it has been such a thrill uh spending this past year and a half with you on uh, these afternoons uh but you know Sometimes uh, li- life changes, and the path of the river uh, turns left and turns right. Uh, and I'll be, uh, I'll be together with my family, heading back to Washington D.C. Uh, you'll still hear from me from time to time, uh, but I'll be re- returning to Washington D.C. and Capitol Hill, uh, spending my days uh, working in the United States Senate as a staffer for uh, Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee. So that's what's coming up, uh, and that's the context uh, behind which you and I will have the next few days to spend uh, these hours together. I told you I was going to take advantage of this time to, uh, to learn things, to teach things, to learn things from you. Uh, and today we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, helping me become a, a better father. came across a study uh, conducted by uh, some smart folks. Uh, one of them in particular a dr uh, uh professor haley pierce a BYU professor of sociology and she joins me on the line now to talk about uh a recent study and some findings uh re- regarding uh childhood uh trauma and fatherhood uh and the professor joins me on the line now professor pierce welcome to the program how are you
1: i'm good thank you
0: to t- tell me uh, the the big message taken away from your study here
1: so the study that I participated in actually looked at childhood delinquency. It was a coll- colleague of mine who did one particularly on fatherhood. And, and, probably,
0: as you looked at delinquency, what, what did you observe?
1: Yeah, we were asking how adverse experiences that occurred before a child was even five years old, how that altered their delinquency as a teenager. And we found that as the number of ACEs, we call them, or adverse experiences, increase, the likelihood of youth delinquency increased. But once we separated this out by biological sex of the youth, the relationship actually only remained for females. So ACEs are related to delinquency for girls, but not for boys.
0: And ACEs are these, uh, these childhood experiences, adverse childhood experiences. Give us some examples of what would fit into that category.
1: Yeah, so our specific study looked at eight, and there are different things like physical abuse that the child experiences, or emotional abuse, any kind of neglect, um, interpersonal violence in the household, parental incarceration, or parental substance use in the household.
0: So, if uh, the the people you looked at experienced that before age five, uh, that that's the category from which you drew. Yep. And, and what did you find as you as you looked uh, further down the road? What did, what did, at on the female side, uh, what did you see in terms of their, their behavior later in life?
1: Yeah, so if they experienced four or more of these ACEs, they were about 36, 36% more likely to be delinquent as about a 15-year-old. And that's engaging in a lot of different kinds of behaviors from stealing to fights. Graffiti, vandalism, those kind of things.
0: Can anything be done to to curb this behavior? Or or once these once these aces uh, take place in the life of a youngster, are are they doomed?
1: No, not at all. And that's one of our big takeaways: is that we can prevent these aces. We can also screen for them, and we can treat them. And if you have a lot of different intervention tactics, um, therapy, or just even awareness, social supports. There's a lot of things we can do to intervene and alter these trajectories.
0: And, and what's the difference? Is there is there any explanation for why uh, you know having experienced this childhood trauma trauma has uh, you know a, a larger impact on uh, girls over boys?
1: We can only speculate why this difference exists, and we've thought of maybe two possible reasons. One is that the relationship does exist for boys when we are not looking at the characteristics of the boy. So once we start adding, you know, things like their race and their mother's education, household poverty, if they have delinquent friends, once we start looking at a more holistic picture of the boy, the aces don't matter as much. And so there could be something about those other features that matter for boys. But the main thing that we think is that it has to do with socialization or the tools that we give boys and girls to deal with stress. And I think we give different tools to boys and girls. So, in these households where adverse experiences are present, maybe the tools that we give girls or maybe the tools that we don't give them is leading them to this delinquent behavior.
0: This would probably lead to a secondary study, but are, is the suggestion then that uh, that the success relative success in life enjoyed by the boys having experienced some of these aces or you know adverse experiences in their childhood. I- is due to environmental uh, circumstances or, or circumstances within the community and not to any kind of, like, biological disposition?
1: That would be our guess <laughs> um, because we these really are social experiences. They right. can alter brain development, especially by five years old, where the brain is very malleable. So there could be these kind of biological features, but most of them are shaped by the social experience, not by just merely birth or... Right. Or sex-based differences.
0: So, what do what do we do? I, I've always wondered. I am always fascinated by the findings uh, of studies like this, and I've uh, you know knocked on the door of the university a number of times as the as the reports have come out. They're always fascinating details. Uh, wh- what happens in, in the case of, of your findings and your study here? Wh- what's the next step for for data like this collected?
1: Yeah, the goal is to get it in the hands of people who can make change, right? Who can implement. Maybe gender-specific treatment for Aces, but also for screening of Aces and prevention. So intervening with parents, you know, reducing their stress and their strain, and so they expose their children to fewer Aces. And so the idea is to to inform healthcare practitioners, policymakers, school counselors, therapists that these Aces mattered. And they matter for these really important outcomes like delinquency, which can put you know adolescents on a pretty damning path. And so we need to get people to be aware of these aces so that we can hopefully prevent them, but also just be aware for how it's going to influence individuals throughout their life.
0: Do you think these do you think these findings are, are time or era or generationally specific? Is this something that will prepare us for the future or are there kind of changes to you know the environment in which uh, these youngsters grow and, and have different reactions to those aces in early life?
1: I mean, this is again speculation, but but child maltreatment has existed probably always, and it probably always will. And so I don't think they're time sensitive in that child maltreatment, Will no longer have negative effects on outcomes. and I. But I hope it can shape us to say these are things we can avoid within our own households, but there are things that we can also mm. build into our institutions. We can build better health care, better screening, better, better uh, mental health care into so many different aspects of life.
0: Mm. Uh, well, well, listen, I'm grateful to you for your, uh, for your work here. Uh, one thing that is often, I don't want to say overlooked, but not necessarily considered, is that the researchers, uh, like yourself... Uh, when, you, when you're when you engaged in this type of study and the collection of this type of data, it, uh, it probably brings you in contact with some pretty uh, tragic and unfortunate circumstances. Uh, and, and yet, analyzing those circumstances and trying to quantify and understand that tragedy, uh, ultimately, as you uh, say and are working towards, uh, can lead to uh, good policy changes, the uh, the allocation of certain resources that ultimately will be good for young people and their families. So, uh, Thank you. Thank you for engaging in this kind of work. As, as a parent, I'm grateful to you. Uh, and as a, a once young person myself, I am grateful to you mm-hmm. for your work. Uh, again, Professor uh, Haley Pierce, BYU Professor of Sociology. Thanks again. Thank you. All righty. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, the, the, the takeaway there from this study is that uh, youngsters, uh, if they experience a handful of these unfortunate events early in their life, uh, that when you get into the teenage years, uh, the young ladies are going to have a, a much more difficult go of things than the young men. And so what happens? What, are the, w- what ought we to do with that information? Uh, well, we need to treat the kids better, the youngsters. We need to make sure that they are in environments that are safe. We need to make sure that they are uh, shielded and protected from these traumatic events. All right, And then, uh, hopefully, as they grow in life, they'll be on a more uh, equal footing. So uh, that's that. And, uh, you know, thanks for bearing with me through that. I, as a relatively new father, uh, I get uh, I get absolutely fixated on uh, what I can do to to be the best that I can and provide the best environment uh, for, uh, you know, little baby Piper as I can. Okay, Uh, quick break. When we return, uh, we're going to have a look at that fraud case we first caught word of just yesterday. One of the cast members on that Desperate Housewives, or what is it called? Housewives of Salt Lake City? It's not Desperate House, that's a different one. Anyway, uh, there's someone who was on TV. They got in trouble. Uh, We're going to get into exactly what kind of trouble they're in with Greg Scordus next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.